Hello, and welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where three friends catch up and chat about running a creative business. Each episode, Mel, Natasha and Crixis will be diving into a topic that has come up in their own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences about ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that will help you along the way. So join us for Season 3, Episode 5, as we chat about inspiration and what gets us going, whether that's books, movies, art supplies, music or the environment. Listen in to find out what lifts and motivates us and what we do when we're not feeling as inspired. Hello. 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 How is everyone doing? Honestly, it feels like we chatted two weeks ago, like, but it's like a month. <laughs> so I, I feel for me, I have been just doing the same what I did last time when we chatted. I'm still working in, on the Birds in Colour Challenge, which turned into a book and yeah this is kind of my focus right now what about you Mel? Um, yeah it's just been a little bit full-on just I was just sharing with the other two about having some client work that came in but it was meant to be an emergency so <laughs> it just means I had to do a lot of things in a short period of time but I am though getting out I'm still getting out and sketching and that's really uh, keeps me going so even if I have got a busy week I'm able to just take 20 minutes and um, yeah that's been really good for me just to have a break and keep the sketching fires going so to speak. (laughs) That's good. Mm. How about you Natasha? I am currently working towards a shop update which I hope will be happening before the end of July I'm working on things for our exhibition. I've been developing some new prints and a postcard set. And what else have I been doing? Just working on my Patreon and my YouTube. So just keeping all of that going. I'm excited about your shop update. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to see little glimpses of what you're doing and... um... Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's fun to share a little bit of the process, isn't it? The in-progress kind of stuff. And I noticed, Crixis, that you're using threads as somewhere to share a little bit of the behind the scenes. We will be chatting today a little bit about inspiration and what gets us going. And uh, we will chat about art creation, a little bit about different inspirations, what to do when we are not inspired. And uh, we will also touch a little bit plagiarism. Let's start with defining what inspiration is. So I I did a little research and uh, from Oxford Language Dictionary, um, the inspiration is the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. So this is kind of the language dictionary gave me. And yeah, I just thought this could lead into us chatting a little bit more about art creation. And if you feel and think that inspiration is essential to art making or not, I think that could be interesting if we chat about it. I think inspiration is very important. And for me, it's like, it's just the spark of an idea. It's where the creative work starts. So it's kind of a starting point, isn't it, inspiration? Yeah, it can definitely get you on a path to where you want to go. And inspiration, I think, can hit you at any point, can't it? For me, I think at the moment it's the places that I go outside, outside my house and the landscape that I see around me. And I think definitely the changing seasons, I get inspired by seeing things grow, you know, like wildflowers. All the wildflowers have been coming up since spring and I just love watching how they all come up and then they die down and then a new batch come in and then they die down and then a new variety come in. I I just so inspired by that. I just think, oh, what's what what am I going to see this time when I go out? And that kind of then that inspiration kind of feeds me into in my sketchbook work. Um, And then it kind of, you know, keeps me motivated because I want to go and see what what's happening, what 
what is now growing in the area. It's like you could never get bored because there's always going to be something else happening. There's always going to be something different each time you go out. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got that endless source of inspiration there in the landscape. I also feel like with the inspiration, I don't per se think that it's every single time you are inspired and then you create something. I think sometimes you just start creating something and then suddenly you have like this spark of like, hmm, maybe I should do that or that. And and I feel like it's great also not to wait for inspiration to come and just start playing and then it comes at some moment and then it's yeah. exciting. Mm, this is, yeah, this is very true. Yeah, sometimes the act of creating can be the source of the inspiration. I agree with that completely. I was thinking about just the robin, the robin that um, I met. Oh, yeah. I wasn't feeling that inspired, actually, to go out, but I thought I should go out. Mm. So I went out and I had a prompt list. I think it was rocks. And then I just saw some rocks and I was like, right, let's just start drawing these. <laughs> and then um, suddenly I just saw in the back, you know, just on the side, a robin just kind of jumping around a little bit and then he kind of came a lot closer and then eventually he kind of came onto my um, sketching kit and it was just like wow this Robin he's so curious yeah. and tame and so Robin was the inspiration yeah so, so the Robin then became like something I was like oh I was inspired by it and actually I then when I got home although I finished just doing the the rock prompt I then painted the Robin um, I think I sent a postcard of it to Natasha with a robin on. You did, and he's in my podcast room, and uh, yeah, he's proudly displayed in there. But then that robin, then I I met him again in early in the year, and then um, I just I think on YouTube I then did a video where I was looking at the colours, you know, burnt sienna, and I had the pastels, and it was that then. I wanted to do something a bit more abstract and then played with that. And as I just did that, I found something else that was inspiring me. So although the robin was the initial prompt, I then found it it kind of sparked lots of ideas. Yeah. I think it's the hardest sometimes as well, especially if you are not like sparked by inspiration. But when you do something, one thing leads to another. And like you in your story with the Robin, you you didn't predict it. It just like kind of, it happened. Yeah. Like inspirational story as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Natasha, like what inspires your work? I would say a little bit like Mel, my surroundings, the landscape that's around me here really inspires me. So nature in general, the landscape, other artists. And mm. sometimes it can be something as simple as just like I'll see a certain colour palette or a particular colour. Um, it can be a shape or like there's some kind of detail when I'm out walking and I see something like the texture of a tree or something like that. And uh, yeah, all of those things can kind of just spark something. Yeah, how about you, Crixis? You're very inspired by nature and in particular birds at the moment, aren't you? This is something that has inspired me recently. I think like in general, like the surrounding area, but also I think history, how we lived our lives also in a way like affect what we are creating. I got the sense of colour because I lived in Latvia. And Latvia is kind of like in these super muted tones, like greyish, uh, blue, dark sea water like it's completely different than Cornwall Cornwall is much brighter um we have like these gray sand beaches and and pine trees and inspires in different periods and then you kind of make this kind of color library in your head but the birds it's uh the location I think also for me it's it's really inspiring and uh it kind of affects what I'm creating in a way I know that, Mel, you lived in uh, Hong Kong for some time. Do you feel like the location, when you lived in different places, did it affect how, what, like what you created in that moment? Yeah, definitely. Do you recall like your subject subject matter was different? or? Well, I was just thinking how different places, they 
move you in different ways or even provoke you to do different things. So when I was in Hong Kong, I wasn't sketching and I wasn't really as artistically creative. I was musically creative when I was in Hong Kong. I was um, I was actually teaching kinder music. So you basically teach through music, singing and percussion, right. um, sounds and... And I was very switched on to the sounds of Hong Kong. <laughs> They're just very noisy, noisy city. You've got everything around you. You know, everyone's kind of living on top of each other. And then you've got trams and buses, cars, taxis and all sorts of noise. So it was very hard to actually get any sleep, but you kind of get used to it. But I think, yeah, in terms of sketching and art, I wasn't really doing that as much. I think if I went back now, I probably would... And I'd love that challenge of sketching uh, the cityscapes. I think I was just bombarded with a lot of noise. Although actually in Hong Kong, I did switch on to illustration. There was a lot of visual information there as well. So I think in a way, when you came to Cornwall, Cornwall itself inspired you to pick up your sketchbook and sketch more. No, before I went to Cornwall, I, we moved to Aberdeen and it was in Aberdeen that that the place, the landscape inspired me to paint again. So I I was painting quite large acrylic and watercolour landscape in Aberdeen, but I wasn't I still wasn't sketching. I was just that just inspired me to look at the skies because comparatively to Hong Kong, suddenly the skyline was suddenly opened up and I I yeah. something I hadn't noticed from living in the UK before but when you haven't had the sky or you ha can't really see the horizon when you do I was like yes. wow <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't stop looking at the sky so I, I that's why I started kind of painting again wow. Mm, wow. when when we came down to Cornwall um I think illustration that side of things working on the computer so I was just trying to build something um, but it was only then when we moved to Paul Flevin that I then started noticing outside again so that's when I started sketching but you can see different places they do kind of lead you in different ways yeah it definitely influences yeah do you feel the same Natasha I do actually because um and Dominic noticed this really that since I've lived here I have made a lot of tree paintings <laughs> and Surrey is the most densely wooded county in the UK so oh we, really I didn't know that oh I need to go to Surrey <laughs> <laughs> we, it's very beautiful in certain parts yeah and we have um, more trees here than anywhere else in the country and I think it has had an influence on my work and Dominic said to me because I've always painted trees but he looked at my recent work and he was like I can tell you're really looking at trees now you know the way that I'm painting them he thinks is as a result of being surrounded by them and really looking at them really observing yeah. them and I would agree actually yeah so I d do think that it has a huge influence you know the place you live in that's so interesting I think the lizard is the least dense. Oh. <laughs> uh, as much as I love Cornwall, I miss having like a little bit more foresty areas. Like in UK, there was like, I don't know, like 38% of the whole land is like forests. Right. Whereas in Latvia, it's like 58%. Wow. So it's much more filled <laughs> with forests. Gosh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I feel like whenever I move it's also like really visible like whenever I was like in Cambridge I sketched more people in person yeah and here I have like window towards uh, the garden and now I have like bird feeding stations and it's just I don't know like the presence of them it just I want to paint more birds now <laughs> so, yeah and you're becoming quite yeah. friendly with them aren't you you're feeding them I'm I'm trying to teach the robin to eat from hand and then now there are robin babies who come oh. and they know that I'm there and they kind of like with their little <laughs> sound it's like uh, Auntie Crixis oh that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have pets, so these are my pets. I'm saying to my husband yeah. to justify um, me buying like uh, bird food. 
<laughs> these are my pets <laughs> oh. i loved seeing that in one of your recent videos you had lovely footage of them and you feeding them i loved it <laughs> yeah i I'm, I'm trying to think how i can like include them more in my videos but not get out of context yeah. <laughs> of me doing like the, the video specifically for that sub subject i need to kind of think maybe that would be for vlogs or something mm, like that. yeah but, yeah I'm sure there'll be people, though, a niche where you could just have bird feeding. Oh, yeah, I bet there is, yeah. Yes. Well, it's very relaxing, isn't it? So, yeah, there probably is. <laughs> yeah, and also yeah. if you want to draw them as well, you know, if you want to draw a moving subject, you know, mm. that's oh, yeah. quite a challenge. But it's nice to actually have some reference imagery that is yeah. moving. Well, I was thinking, like, I am now, like, on my Patreon, I'm sharing, like, reference pictures for everyone to use. And I'm taking them from Cornwall. And everyone who wants, they just can use them because I just take took pictures. There's no, like, copyright. Um, and I was thinking maybe I should, like, take pictures of different birds. That could yeah, be, like, a, a great, great reference material mm. for, for us all to use. Yeah, Definitely. I love that Actually, that, that leads into the next kind of question what what else inspires you whether it's books films movies music what is your favorite movie by the way before we start you probably know um amelie oh okay it's mine as well <laughs> yeah i i remember when it came out um it was in my degree year doing fine art and it came out and i watched it i think at a really old cinema and uh yeah, I just fell in love with it and then I bought the soundtrack and then it was like the soundtrack that I just created all mm. my degree show work for. So oh, nice. I just used to have it on loop, like on repeat. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, me too. I love that soundtrack. But then I got like, uh, it, it got too much in like in some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that though, isn't it? Um, with yeah. certain things, you know, you love it. And it's so inspiring at first and it, and it can inspire you, but at some point it may change, you know, or you have a break from it. Mm. Yeah, I think when you really get into something, you can watch it a lot or listen to it a lot. And then you kind of make yourself a little bit sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> at least that's what happens yeah. to me. I'll go a bit yeah. overboard and um, <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, even though I really love something, I'll be like, no, I don't want to listen to that anymore and give it a bit of a break. Yeah. And then sometimes go back to it a few years later and then I love it again. So... Yeah. It's funny, I can actually hear, now we're talking about it, I can hear the soundtrack in my head. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's just started playing and I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, okay, I'm not going to sing. But I, what I wanted to say, I also I stopped uh, listening to it because I want to rewatch the movie once in a while and not get like sick of the music because I really love the movie itself and I feel if I will just play the music too much, it can just take over the, the feel of the movie when I watch it. Yeah. So it feels fresher if you haven't listened to it, to it, it does, for a while, yeah. I think. What else inspired you? Like what other films? I have some favourites, but I wouldn't say that I'm influenced by films. As much as I enjoy films, I wouldn't say that they influence my work although weirdly I can get influenced by YouTube videos <laughs> so one of the things I love to watch is like camping and hiking videos on YouTube like wild camping I've never wild camped in my life but I am absolutely obsessed with watching wild camping videos That's on so YouTube interesting. and uh, they have such lovely scenic shots sometimes of like the Lake District or whatever and there's a man recently that I've started watching and he was in the Lake District and I was just like oh my goodness I could pause this video at any point a bit like you would on like map crunch or <laughs> I don't know something like that where you you choose a scene and I was thinking I could totally work on like sketchbook pieces or paintings from his videos and so I kind of feel like I'm influenced in sort of slightly unusual ways sometimes because <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily think you're sitting there watching a world camping video or a hiking video that you yeah. know you're suddenly going to get inspiration for artwork but I find that I do yeah there's a few actually channels like that um the fairy oh what's the name the cottage fairy 
Oh, I think I may have watched her. Yeah, Paola. Her cinematography is brilliant. And I also, I felt like what Natasha said, it kind of resonates with me sometimes because when I watch some movies or things, I sometimes pause and I'm like, wait, this is such a lovely, like the the composition. Yeah. I could paint that. (laughs) It looks really good. Yeah. Her brother had a channel. I don't know if he's still posting. Ruan was her brother and he writes his own music and his... His music was just stunning. I was just like, wow. There's something about it that was like quite hypnotic. You know, you could just listen to it and be taken somewhere. Um, but whether that direct, like you were saying, Natasha, whether, you know, movies maybe don't directly influence your work. I don't think they do that with me. Although I loved the film Amelie. And maybe during my degree show, it maybe was influencing me then. I feel like I've changed a lot in terms of how I, where I get my inspiration. Like, say, if I'm doing sketchbook work, it is really more from the landscape around me and what I see around me, less, less from a song that I might hear now or something that I watch, um, Although I enjoy that and it's nice to have that, but I I, I think my I am more inspired when I'm outside and I'm painting or drawing directly yeah. from what I see. And it's like, um, how can I put this? It's like, I feel like I'm influenced by feelings. So, for example, I love visiting old buildings and gardens and... The cosy, slightly nostalgic feeling I get from those places. Like I love like walking around a little village, exploring a little village, something like that. And that feeling is something I try to put into my work. So I'm kind of influenced by that, I think, the feelings I have when I'm at a place, you know, in a place. I actually think for me... Films are inspiring me in a way, but I think it's the the feeling and the colors. I I don't know if yeah, it's like for everyone. But when I watch some films, I just sometimes like stop and like, oh, this is such a clever use of color. And I think I notice it a lot in Wes Anderson. Um, oh yeah, directed uh, movies. Uh, I think it's my favorite director. I love his um, composition, but the color usage, for example, like, I don't know, you just have to imagine in like, for example, in Moonrise Kingdom, there is scene with um, sky blue skies and and the blue ocean. And then in the middle centered perfectly, there is a lighthouse with a orange uh, top, like roof. And then there is person with... um, like looking straight at you in a orange dress, and it just like the the balance, and uh, even though I'm I'm not copying that work, I I feel the sense of joy just looking at that particular frame of the whole movie, and then I I feel like what I like in Emily, and I don't get bored is the use of color because there is um, green and red color. Like green and red, it's like complementary colors, but it's so smartly used um, that you you when you look at the scene, you can see the focus points. You can see that something is off if there is like I remember there is like one scene with um, kind of blue light in the background, and I was like, I was watching this movie like I don't know like probably for twenty times or or more, and I was like, why? Wait, there's like this blue light in the background. <laughs> What's that all about? Kind of noticing these tiny details, it, it gives like kind of inspiration of like color use in a way. And maybe unconsciously you then work on your own projects and then it's like, wow, I think I got inspired by like the, the color like of, of uh, that particular scene maybe. I think that's how I view sometimes movies and also of the storytelling because... For me, I am trying to kind of tell a little story in in illustration. Like I used to do like more, like several illustrations tell one story. But sometimes now I do one illustration tells a story. And I feel it's like movies, like like story 
<laughs> as well. And, and you can just kind of get inspired by the storytelling there as well. Sometimes when I've watched a good movie that's been told well or there's a narrator who's particularly giving you the outline or or setting up the scene I then think oh I want to do that in my YouTube videos <laughs> I want to bring some of that in so maybe not in my artwork but maybe in my storytelling I think I want to kind of bring that so that the audience or whoever's watching it is feels similar or they're brought into into the video you know they're brought into my world something else that i actually do love looking at is old maps yeah actually i have a map of france paris with um like with little tiny buildings like the whole paris is like you could just if you have been there you can just oh, i know that building because it's like tiny little like kind of drawings of the whole like city oh, map. Oh, that sounds amazing. I just love looking at um, maps of places that I live in, you know, places that yes. I'm familiar with, but old maps of them. It's just quite interesting. I love looking at them and also little illustrated guides that are a bit older. Oh, and I was trying to remember there was when I was younger, like probably nine or ten, I just remember this book which was filled with nature drawings and I just was so enamoured with it. I just wish I could remember what it was called. But it was like, it was a book where it had lots of things that you could pull out. Oh, and lovely. like, it was folded up in certain parts. So, you know, like pages, they folded on themselves. And then there was like little pockets that had like little things in yes. them. And you could take them out and then, but it was all like nature, you know, like different flowers. and Oh, it sounds um, lovely. Yeah. You know, just details and little arrows and things like that and every time I would look at that book as a child I was just kind of taken to this really cozy place you know somewhere that I could just oh, I, I would just look at the pages and just be like oh this is so lovely I want to just be in this book <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of flower sketching and I'm beginning to kind of think I would love to create a wildflower book, you know, of the lizard, yes. you know, wildflower through the season, that kind of thing. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. And maybe that was inspired by those, that book that I had as a child. When I was small, I really loved the book about flowers as well. But there was like hand-drawn illustrations with a girl, kind of like fa fairy girls, and they were dressed up as a flowers. And I think there is something I really enjoyed. And I'm like, wait, I'm kind of like <laughs> doing something similar. But I, I, I actually, it didn't cross my mind. And I was like, probably I, I got inspired by in some way, but not knowing because that is something that just interests me in this moment as well. It's funny because my favorite books growing up were the Enid Blyton Far Away Tree series. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and when you think back, it's like it's obvious, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's obvious how that's kind of influenced me. And I do kind of think of trees as being magic, you know? Yes. They hold all of, all of this life within them. And yeah, and I'm sure that it comes from reading those books when I was little. Do you think art materials can inspire you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they definitely can. Um, Give us an example. It's funny because I've been so into watercolour and I still am. I mean, I'm totally into watercolour. But I've recently got back into using acrylic on canvas and working a bit larger. And it's just I'm finding like the texture of the paint so inspiring the way that I can create amazing texture in the paintings and how I can layer it um so at the moment yeah I'm feeling inspired by that but also I love the transparency of watercolor and the subtlety of it and versatility of it there's so much you can do I feel with watercolor and so, yeah, that's influenced me a lot over the last couple of years. But um, there's something so exciting about getting your hands on maybe something you haven't really used very much before as well. So for me, I have this um, liquid charcoal 
And it's kind of fun to start experimenting with that. So it's like the act of experimenting and playing with a new art supply can really inspire you and it can kind of spark something, can't it? I I feel like the the materials, like each of them have like different properties. I think what is inspiring to find something that is not in different medium, which you've worked before, and then you're like, wow wait, I can use this one to, 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 you, to do this effect in my art. And I feel this with watercolors because in the beginning I didn't like them. Well, I kind of liked them years ago, then I stopped working on them and then I came back and I, I wasn't sure. But I think the granulation is something that is not achieved in, I don't know if, if any, like probably like in gouache you could get some kind of granulation. But in general, I think that is something quite specific for watercolors. Yeah, I think it is quite unique to watercolor. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like that is inspiring <laughs> because then you start to think like when you create your artwork, how can I like work hand in hand with the granulation and kind of achieve something exciting? Also, you need to find the color palettes that inspire you, I think, to really enjoy a certain art material so like with you Crixis you found the colour palette that you love to work in in watercolours and um, I know that I've been like this too it's kind of been a bit of a journey to because I got into watercolours again in a big way a couple of years ago and since then I've tried so many different colours and now I'm editing them down again. I love doing that. I actually love editing colours. <laughs> oh gosh, it's so fun. Uh, just to edit them down and get them down to just the ones that really spark this excitement in me and um, this desire to paint. Mm. And I think once you've found the right colour palette for you, then, I don't know, I just I think that alone is super inspiring. What do you think, Mel? Actually, Crixis actually put together a little gouache color palette for me uh for just, just oh that's lovely for my birthday last week a bit like what you did natasha <laughs> with the watercolor oh, one yeah, with the cornwall colors yeah did you tried <laughs> your new palette yeah i've been trying it just in the last few days just uh 20 minutes i did on sunday and i just did the field and yeah i just used the gouache I didn't use anything else and did you like it yeah I did I did enjoy it I I, I think it was handy because Crixis had thought about what colors that I might actually you know go for and use and uh, I was watching Mel's videos and checking her Instagram and picking the the color she uses the most and what could work oh. together I kind of, I, I feel I could, uh, like, if I'm variant an artist, I would work like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, is there like a profession who kind of curates the colours <laughs> for other people? <laughs> It'd be like, a bit like a personal shopper, but, you know, you'd be a personal colour provider. Personal paint picker. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> when you worked on the colours, did you felt like they are your colours? Like by the colour palette. So I've done a few more as well. Like yesterday I did use them and then kind of used them with a pit pencil, one of my pit pencils, and I felt it worked oh, really nice. well together with the yes. pit pencil. Um, I felt there was like maybe one or two colours that I was missing, but then what I did was I just brought in some of my watercolour with that. What colours were missing? <laughs> just a purer colour that I could mix in. Like I needed a darker colour and then there was like, I just needed a pop of red. So it was just like yes. a mixing colour that I could yeah. bring in. Um, oh, yes. But yeah, I I think definitely having a, restricting yourself or, you know, if you're going to try something new, it's nice to actually have a restrictive colour palette because it forces you to then work with that and um push it a bit so yeah definitely have enjoyed just working with them and i probably will start to bring in other things that i would normally use but it's nice to just play and see what happens mm, yeah. um so do, do you feel like these materials are pushing you to go outside of your comfort zone 
I didn't I didn't feel like outside of my comfort zone. I just felt they brought something different to the work I was doing. So because I felt like very kind of comfortable using them. I wasn't like thinking, oh, this is this is really weird. It actually felt like a um a watercolour but just a bit more opaque. Mm. So uh yeah, and it felt it actually felt quite nice. So I was just like, Oh yeah, this is quite nice. I totally want to do an episode where we talk about art supplies. <laughs> yeah, I think this could be longer, just yeah. to gritty, nitty details. But <laughs> so let, let's let's move on and chat a little bit about um, what do you do when you're not inspired, or are you always inspired? Going to be the annoying person and say that I'm always inspired. I don't tend to have creative block or feel uninspired I, I literally there are so many things that inspire me that I have list upon list upon list so really for me it just becomes something where I have to choose something to work on so I can sometimes get a little bit stuck in that respect like I'll feel a bit overwhelmed with too many ideas and then not know which way to go which one to concentrate on but I pretty much always feel inspired. So I think I'm not the best person to answer this question. So I'd love to hear whether either of you feel uninspired sometimes and what you do. Well, the the question I kind of thought in response was, should we always expect to be inspired when creating? And are there times when that isn't the case? Um, And for instance, if I'm working on client work, sometimes I'm not terribly inspired by what they're asking me to do yes but I know I've got to create it I've got to do the work so in those cases I'm it sometimes actually I've just got to do it and then actually I do find some inspiration in that and uh, you know I just enjoy being able to maybe even the challenge of trying to meet the client's wishes can sometimes be what is driving me um but sometimes yeah you I'm not always going to be inspired by what I'm being asked to do but I know I've still got to do create the work and the work has still got to meet the client's needs so yeah for for other people I would say if I'm creating for someone else then yes not everything is going to be inspiring to me but that doesn't mean to say I'm not going to create artwork which is good or you know artwork that doesn't still you know do the job but I guess in my sketchbook work I that is generally what inspires me and what I'm looking at it inspires me to draw what I see there may be days where maybe I I don't think oh I'm super inspired to go out but I will go out anyway um, and then there'll be something that I just start drawing something and then it may lead to something else that then gets me excited. So sometimes it's just the doing, then the inspiration follows, doesn't it? Because there may be days when you do feel like "Hmm, I'm a bit kind of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing or... But that could also come because you've maybe like Natasha, you've got lots and lots of things that you want to do and you get overwhelmed by choice. And then you're like, I don't know which thing to start with. And Yeah, that can be a bit paralyzing sometimes, that feeling yeah. of just like, what do I... And then I'm kind of like procrastinating a little bit. But yeah, it's not, it's kind of like an overload of inspiration rather than the other way. But I think that probably, Mel, I would be very much like you in that if I was still taking on client work or still working to commission, there were often times when I was doing that and I did that for years. Um, for years, that was like my bread and butter, really. Yeah. Um, that was my main source of income. And I think I just made myself sick of it because I was doing it so often and I'd have all these ideas for my own work and I wouldn't have the time to put them into action. But I think, yeah, I would definitely feel uninspired then. Sometimes you just have to get on and do it, even if you're not wanting to. Yeah. And yeah, I felt like that when I was doing client work sometimes, yeah. But like you say, I I would still do a good job. It was just... You know, perhaps it wasn't the most inspiring thing for me to 
create at that given moment. Yeah, and you're serving the client's vision really and what's inspiring them, what they yeah. want rather than yours. And that, I think, is quite normal then. Yeah. I mean, it's great if there is overlap, you know, and the client's excited, you're excited. Um, but that's what I say. Sometimes the, the excitement comes from something else. So like the challenge of meeting the client's needs sometimes is the motivation because <laughs> it's like a challenge for me um, to see if I can do that. What about you, Crixis? I think, like, I don't want to say also I'm always inspired, but there has been moments where I'm not inspired to create that particular artwork, but I'm inspired to do something different. Like, kind of, I have some ideas and I need work on that idea. It's not client work, it's my own work. But I would rather do that because I feel, yeah, I really want to do that right now. I kind of, like, impulsive decision to to work on something else in that moment because I'm not inspired to do that artwork. Yeah, because there may be things that you you know you need to get on with, but then something else pops up and you're mm. just like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah, or like, <laughs> do you sometimes like are not inspired to film what you're doing, right? I like I feel yeah. that I I want oh, to yeah. just create, mm. so I'm not inspired to film what I do. So that can also, I think, apply. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this quite often. Like, I just, I'm so enthused to get on with something and I don't want to think about the sound and yes. the filming and the lighting. Yes. I just want to get on and, <laughs> and do the painting. But, yeah. But it is inspiring in some ways too, sharing your work through, you know, videos and so on. But, yeah, there are there are times where... I just really want to get on and do the painting and not have to worry about the rest of it. I guess there'll also be, if it's a longer project to do, there may be like moments during that process where you may feel very inspired when you're doing it, but there may be other points during that painting of it that mm. you really are sick of it mm. and you're just like, I yeah. I, I just need to get this done. Um, I just wondered whether you fe both have encountered that because I know that for me that definitely happens at times I might be very excited about a project and getting on and doing it but then my during the thick of it you're just like oh I just want this to be over and then at another point nearing the end you get excited again and you're just like oh yes this is this is totally. really what I, I love doing <laughs> I think Natasha shared like several stages of creating an artwork. I feel like you can't be in the same level of inspiration throughout the whole artwork making. There will be definitely some stages where you will feel like, eh, I don't know. And I feel also like for picture books, I think, or like creating like longer projects, I mean like in like two months, three months, four months, a year, you, you, you are not the same throughout the whole process and, and like even I like I'm working on this bird book now I have had some dot stages throughout this I know this is like second month working on it and it's like but then it's like one day you just woke up and like yeah I'm gonna do it this is good <laughs> so you can be the same all, all the way through it's I think it's impossible for us all yeah I feel like this practically every large project I do like when I was working on the big forest painting and it was really quite large and it was taking me I mean <laughs> well it took me because I spread it over several weeks but it obviously didn't take me weeks in total um because I'd work on it now and again but there were days where I was working on that and I was just like I am so bored with this stage I just want to move on from this I want to get on to the next bit and I would see this worries me <laughs> about like starting a big project like your book Crixis because I want to make a book of my work and I've talked to my patrons about this and I'm worried that I'm going to get halfway through the process and go I can't be bothered with this anymore <laughs> just like give up and um no that's why you do smaller projects in between yeah I think it's a must because even though I'm working on this bird book it's it's great to just take a little especially in these critical moments where they're wanting to like not do that project at all <laughs> because there might, might be a stage where you just yeah. maybe I will not do it at all so yeah. then you just pick up something else and then return in the better yeah and then you get back to yeah exactly so just leaving something for a while can 
can make you enthused again yeah. when you pick it up. And I know that when I get towards the end of a big project, was it Mel who was saying this a minute ago? I can't remember. But you kind of get that excitement again and that enthusiasm when you're nearing the finish line because you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be finished soon. And it's like that that sense of satisfaction when you've completed a big project yeah. is... I wish I could bottle that feeling because I love it so much. You know, you've struggled through the doubts and the difficult parts and you've almost given up, but you've continued on. And then finally you get to the end and it's like, I've done it. And it's like that sense, it's like running a marathon or something, isn't it? It's like at the end, (laughs) you feel like someone should come into the studio and put a medal around your neck or something. (laughs) This This is how I feel every time I finish a big project. And it's then you get the exciting part of sharing it with people, which is always really nice. And there are so many phases I go through when I'm working on a big project. Yeah. Okay. So do you get inspired by reference pictures? If yes, to what extent? Yes, I I do get inspired by reference pictures. I will sometimes take my own reference pictures when I'm out on a walk or something like that or visiting a particular place. But I also use reference pictures online and I'll tend to use something from Pixabay, which is a great site, um, pixabay.com. If you want to have copyright-free, royalty-free images to work from, then this is a great site because it has um, all sorts of different subject matter. So you just type into the search bar whatever you're looking for. When I was doing my recent toadstool paintings, mushroom paintings, I used reference images from there and I used landscape reference from there. And... Yeah, it's fantastic to be able to do that and not have to worry about the copyright aspect. Um, Sometimes I'll get inspired by something like Map Crunch and work from images, um, scenes I find on there. But occasionally I will just do a Google search. And when I do this, I tend to, because I'm not sure whether the um, images are copyright free or whether it's okay to create artwork from them I'll probably just use it as like a starting point rather than Hmm, copying it exactly yeah how about you what do you do I actually find it quite hard to connect with reference pictures um and I think it's because I've just been so used to going out and drawing from the landscape I find it a very hard to actually get excited by by a reference picture um, I've got to have seen it in person, which is why a lot of my sketchbooks are just local. It's local, it's what I see, I draw it. Um, and I think it's just because I've trained myself just to do it that way. And so I think, yeah, yeah, I just get excited by seeing things in person. Um, and obviously I do take pictures from going out and but I have my sketchbooks alongside those pictures. So I will use the sketchbooks where I've drawn and then I might look at the picture that I've taken and then together I might then make. So like for my calendar images, that's what I would do is look at the sketches, draw from the sketches, but then also look at the reference picture that I took of the scene and that just kind of together then I can pull and and make a new picture from them. Um, but but I feel like I've got to have been in the place to draw it and I find it very hard to actually, it's not that I can't do it, but I just find like, I find it very hard to connect because it's someone else's view. And so do you ever work from imagination or is it always from observation? Um, in my sketchbooks, it's always observation. Um, when I'm doing illustration work for clients, obviously that's not from uh, observation, that's from things imagined. So like say they want, say I want a squirrel in a hat. Okay, so right, uh, I need to find some squirrels. So I might look for references in that sense and different squirrels doing stuff and then I'll look at hats and party mm. hats or whatever and and you know, it'll be made up then from a number of different reference images. 
Um, so, yeah, I would probably use more reference material when I'm working for clients and they're asking for things that I wouldn't have normally seen. Um, and I'm trying to imagine how that would look. But in my own personal work, uh, because it's just I'm interested in what is around me, then then that's, I guess, what I want to go. I want to go firsthand. I want to be the eyewitness. I want to see it in the flesh. I don't want to look at it through someone else's eyes. And that may limit me. It, it does limit me. <laughs> it's just like I'm limiting myself to where I can actually be. Um, but at the moment, I think that's still it's still giving me enough inspiration to keep doing that. Maybe it, maybe it might change. Maybe I might think, oh, maybe you need to work differently. <laughs> but at the moment, um, whilst I can, I, I I'm just I like prefer to draw from from life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone is different. So I feel like for me personally, I get inspired by reference pictures. Um, I guess why I don't draw a lot from life is because I have been doing a lot of fine art in past. And I notice if I do a lot of like observational drawings, I'm yeah. tending to be more realistic. Yeah. Where for my work, that is something it's actually I want to avoid in a way. This is exactly what I find, yeah. I, I don't want to draw realistically, but also I don't want to go to completely different way because I want to grab some pieces from life mm. and kind of transform them. So, yeah, like the, the reference pictures I am using, I, I'm actually using books. Um, for the birds, I'm using bird book. Um, but... How I sometimes use it, I don't like copy the pose exactly. Sometimes I do like Google the different uh, positions of the birds and then I see what is there. Then I kind of, I, I always also don't particularly pick the exact same color that the bird have, like change a little bit. And like, so in the artwork, it looks cohesive with the rest of the color palette. And uh, even like if it's just one tone, but it it can be like warmer or cooler tone of that particular thing. And uh, I don't draw exactly what I see. I am taking maybe something out of it. And sometimes it's just like a pose of something. And uh, I sometimes um, ask my husband to take pictures of me doing something. <laughs> Like, because I have, like, characters, and I'm like, Kosti, can you take a picture of me? And I'm, like, sitting near the desk and drawing, and then I draw out that person, like, and it's me. But I'm trying to um, kind of combine what I see from the reference picture, but I know that that character will have different, like, I don't know, I'm dress. That character will have different hair color, different skin color. That character will be smaller, so I need to change the proportions as well. and. Also, sometimes I take pictures of my husband and then I make like, I don't know, a girl character <laughs> sitting on the bench. But it was my husband as a reference picture. So it's it can transform super drastically. And I, I have uh, used like um, references from Google, just Googling without like copyright. But you can't like when, when you look at that image, like there's no way I, I took inspiration from it because it looks quite different. Like, quite different than it looks in my art <laughs> so that is how I'm trying to twist that would make sense though like with your bird images I probably would want to have reference imagery for that mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of like uh because it's very hard to actually really draw it you know so you capture them accurately you'd need an image so I think definitely it depends on your topic and what you're looking at um I think yeah subject matter wise birds animals I think they're actually quite, it would be normal to, to get a reference image because it'd be very hard to see those in, in the flesh or where they're stationary enough for you to draw them. <laughs> I, I actually I haven't sketched the birds outside, but they just like move every second, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... I know it was very unusual that the robin who I drew posed for 10 minutes. I was just like, that's just weird. So... <laughs> That's probably the only time I'd have a robin in my picture is because it's stopped moving for 10 minutes. <laughs> so do you do you get inspired by other artists' work? 
Yeah, I would say that I do to a degree. It's usually like one element of another artist's work. So it could be like a colour palette someone's using or I don't know, maybe maybe the subject matter sometimes or the way they're using certain materials. It will mm. kind of spark something in yes. me. It'll get me excited to think, how could I add that to my work you know what would my take on that be so I would say that I do get inspired by other artists but it's usually just in it's like in one way or another you know there's usually one element where I think oh I'd like to try that in my work you know what would my work look like if I included I don't know this subject or use these colors or something like that yeah hmm. yeah but about your mouth Sometimes you don't realise where where you're getting the inspiration or, you know, if I'm watching an artist on YouTube and I'm watching them paint or they're flicking through their sketchbook, sometimes that, that can give me an urge to go and do something myself. And it might not be I wanted I want to copy what they're doing. That's normally not what it is. It's normally because it makes me go, oh, I want to just go and paint now. I want to go and do that. I want to, yeah, yeah. I want to, you know, do that myself. So, you know, I I definitely yeah. get that from watching other artists. It's not me wanting to imitate, but it's just me wanting to go and create. Yeah, and like if they're really enthusiastic about it as well and getting really excited about it, it's very inspiring. Yeah. I feel like Sandy has those videos you just watch and and you want to kind of work alongside because she's just like Yeah, definitely. This inspirational energy <laughs> yeah she is she's very enthusiastic and um i think that's very contagious yeah. isn't it yeah for me i i am not like when i see the artwork i'm not copying the art and i think i'm just inspired by like color and things but i'm like early on when i started uh, doing art i was like more inspired by artists but now I'm trying to be less inspired by artists and just kind of focus more on um, my kind of style and I think when you see a lot of artists sometimes you just find to see wow she's doing really amazing job but I'm doing completely something different and that's totally fine um, because I think I I really like uh, Julius Sardis work and in the beginning, I was like, how can I like I do something similar? And it was like, I don't know, like six, seven years ago. But now I'm like, yeah, there's Julie Sarda. There's only one Julie Sarda. And, and here is Crixis. There will be one Crixis. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you. I think it's more unique when you don't take a lot from other artists and you kind of make your own library and then it more looks unique, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like sometimes it's unconscious, I guess, but yeah. When you're at the beginning of your art journey, of your career or whatever you want to call it, um, I think it's very easy to become very inspired by other people. And some people take it a little bit too far and it <laughs> they're making work that's like, you know, a clone of another artist's work pretty much. But... Um, yeah, I think as you, it's interesting that you said, you know, as you're going along, you are more concerned about developing your own style and making things look very Crixis mm. rather than making them look like somebody else's work. And yeah, that's definitely how I feel about it. I feel like you need to be authentically you because people can tell if it's just like a copy of someone else's work and you're never going to do it as well as the person who did it initially because it's come from something else it, you know it came from their experiences and you know their life so you know you have to make art that's about your life your passions your experiences and then you know if someone's copying you they're never going to make it yeah. in the way that you do you can be influenced by other people but don't let that take over your own work and your own vision like it's impossible to create something super 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 innovative that has never been done before 
like in a way, but you can still like make it your own because you are kind of adding everything like medium, color, composition, like sense of feeling for that art. Like it's it's coming through you. Uh, but of course, there is. I feel like it's impossible to create something that is like like you are sometimes. I think unconsciously being influenced by something, not per se only like artists' work, but in general, uh, like we spoke before, like music and uh, movies. So there is something like some fragments from everywhere, but it's your fragments. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, because like I, f- I feel in the beginning, like it's really hard to not like get inspired 100% by somebody else. But there is like one point where you just, okay, I done that, I done that. And it's like, I also feel like it's really tricky when you get inspiration only from one artist, like especially in the beginning, because then you are like fully kind of that person's imitation. Whereas if you develop taste in different things and then kind of like, oh, I like that subject matter, then you can just develop that thing. Yeah, kind of take a little bit from lots of different sources rather than just one main source. Mm. Because then you'll make it your own. It's a bit like um, ingredients in a recipe, isn't it? (laughs) You're adding a little bit from this person, a little bit from that, or a little bit from this inspiration. And uh, yeah, then you come up with something that's far more unique and your own, has your own voice rather than, yeah, something that's directly copied from somebody else. I guess in that sense, I would say, yeah, definitely try and find your own voice and respond to what it is that you're seeing. And I would say don't always look at social media for your inspiration. I think it's important to look at what's around you and be inspired by what you see because you know that it's your eyes that are inspiring you rather than what someone else has seen and you're seeing it through their eyes or their lens, or their picture. I spoke about this in a video I did about my favourite art books, where I said about using vintage reference images as well as contemporary ones. So um, instead of just looking at modern art books, look at, um, you know, these lovely vintage ones that you can pick up from secondhand bookshops and so on. It gives you just a slightly different reference point as well I think Mm. so it's like you're not constantly looking at just what's popular right now on social media because I think that can also be very influential to people I noticed that there will be a certain style of illustration and sometimes I can be going through my feed on Instagram and I'll be like I'm not actually sure whether this person did this or that person did this because they're all kind of being influenced by this same style of illustration do you yeah. notice that too yeah and it's i guess there's yeah. trends as well aren't there things that you can um yeah. get on board with um but then you can feel very like not in control because you're then always looking well where's the inspiration coming from rather than actually thinking oh i'm feeding myself i can feed myself the inspiration i can find it myself i don't yeah. have to wait for someone else to tell me Yeah, and I think looking to the past as well as looking at contemporary art, as well as bringing in your own experiences, your own feelings about something, you know, what you're seeing through your own eyes, all of that, mix it all together. Mm -hmm. And then you'll come up with something that's uniquely you. If you want to get inspired, look at everything. Don't look at just one single subject matter or one single artist or, I don't know, one single scene. Try to analyze like what is something you like and what is something you want to work on and what is something that interests you. And I think that is the starting point. Like Mel mentioned, she she's not really keen into reference pictures and observation is the way to go. And it's her choice and it's how she gets inspired and she found her like path. So it's it's inspiring as well because you just you try different things and now you really like sketching outside and this is how you yeah continue 
find the path. Don't do something you don't like. That's a good indicator. We've now got probably a couple of minutes to answer the listener question. So this week's question comes from Antin and she's asking, could you discuss the sequence of layering mixed media? Is it a set process or does it vary? It would be great to hear from each of you. So over to you, Natasha. Okay, in a nutshell, I, when working in mixed media, would generally start with a layer of watercolour marker or pen or even watercolour and then work on top in coloured pencil, perhaps sometimes adding some acrylic marker or neo colour, but that's generally the order I would do it in. I kind of would end with neo colour because it's hard to go over the top of anything <laughs> with neo colour. What about you, Mel? Very similar, actually. So if I'm working in my sketchbooks, I'd start with my water-soluble stuff, so watercolours, but then I might actually use Neocolor too and make that water-soluble, you know, go over it with a brush, and that gives me a nice big um, patch to work on top of. Continue working on top, ink-tense pencils, um, and then maybe more Neocolor too, and then um, luminance pencils, but yeah, just generally starting with my water-soluble stuff and then ending with not. Or if I just want texture, I just don't bother. I just have it at the end. Yeah, honestly, also for me, it's really similar. I think it's good opinion to just start with wet media or something. It's like like the first layers, like either gouache, watercolor, acrylic, something as a base, and then you work on top and then... I, I think like acrylic markers can go on top or they could be also the first layer and then you go with pencils. I also agree neo colors are just like the end of the end for me as well <laughs> because <laughs> I don't use neo colors with water. I just use them as they are. And when I try, whenever I try to put something on top, it's just like a disaster. <laughs> so oh. yeah, neo colors at the end, but uh, acrylic markers can sometimes go on top of pencils. So there is like that thing. Yeah, they can. If you want yeah. to fix mistakes after pencils, then acrylic markers is like paint eraser. Ah, there we go. Okay. Secrets. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and turning into our latest episode. Huge thanks to those who submitted questions, especially Hug Bloom and uh, Audrey Fave for this episode. We kind of used some of your questions to help us chat about plagiarism. We hope you'll join us next time on our creative catch-up when we'll be chatting about whether or not you need a formal education to make it as a successful illustrator and artist. The creative catch-up crew will be taking a break from recording during August whilst we also get ready for our first joint exhibition at Coast Colour Canvas Gallery at Roskilly Farm on the Lizard Peninsula in the autumn but we will be back with a new episode October the 1st. So find us on YouTube at Creative Catchup or Instagram creative.catchup. Until the next episode, three, two, one. Stay, stay creative. creative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm I, turning it off. Yeah, I'm, me too. <laughs>